engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. New polling. A pretty significant swing in favor of Josh Hawley in Missouri. Looks like Claire McCaskill may be toast. Uh, He's now 52 to 44. This is a Missouri rising action. It's a pack. It's for pro uh, Josh. Uh, But you got to keep in mind that it originally had him 40, uh, had him trailing. Uh, with McCaskill in the lead, 46, and him, 42. It's a huge swing, uh, and this is this swing is reflected of other polling. The Kavanaugh situation appears to be helping Republicans. The question is, can he be confirmed? Uh, let's break down the numbers. I'll tell you what I'm hearing from Capitol Hill. I've been trading text messages with a number of senators. I have gotten phone calls today from the White House and the Senate, all filling me in on what the investigation says, some surprising details in the FBI investigation. By the way, before I do any of that, I'm, I'm holding my own show hostage. Y'all got to pray. My wife is on her first uh, out-of-state motorcycle ride by herself. God help her. God help me. She's gone to Tennessee for a women's Harley-Davidson meetup of some kind. I don't know. The whole idea stresses me out, and I'm home alone with the kids. Uh, so I'm stressed out. My hair's turning gray. I'm trying not to throw up, and I'm a nervous wreck. She's as giddy as a school kid, which really makes me mad. Nonetheless, I think she's almost there safely. Just pray for my wife and for me. Now, okay, how do we break this down? Well, so I was told earlier today uh, by multiple Senate sources that they, and the White House reiterated this as well, very confident they have the votes to confirm Brett Kavanaugh because of the FBI investigation. They believed as of, I want to say, three or four hours ago now, that they not only had all of the Republicans, but they also had a couple of Democrats. Well, this entire situation changes minute by minute. Jeff Flake apparently is going wobbly now. Um, there's some panic on the Republican side that he they may lose Flake after doing everything Flake wanted. There's also now some concern they may only get Joe Manchin. They thought they were going to get Joe Donnelly. Um, they all knew they weren't going to get Heidi Heitzkamp. Heidi Heitzkamp is the Democratic senator from North Dakota. She is down 10 points in polling there. And they thought she may be able to, she might want to save herself, but it's a pretty big indication her voting know that she knows she's lost the race. And because she's lost the race, she is trying to angle for a good position once she's out of office. And that requires voting against Kavanaugh because the media is against him. And that may be happening with Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake is not returning to the Senate and he may be trying to angle for a media job. And if he wants a media job, he probably needs to vote against Kavanaugh so he can be heralded as some sort of bipartisan figure, whereby bipartisan, I mean, the Democrats love him and the Republicans don't. But the media calls him bipartisan. We will see whether or not that actually happens. Now, Republican senators have been a little worried about Ben Sass because Ben Sass took to the floor of the Senate, was highly critical of the president and said he had asked the president to support someone else. Uh, I believe, based on my conversations with people close to him, very close to him, that he will be voting for Kavanaugh. I'm not worried about Ben Sass. Sass's major concerns were worried, did 
Kavanaugh perjure himself in his statements. You know, all the nonsense about his drinking and what is a devil's triangle and what is boofing and on and on and on. Well, it turns out um, we have found a picture of someone who graduated from Georgetown Prep the year before Brett Kavanaugh. And he used the same language in his senior bio, the same one getting Kavanaugh in trouble, but he defined the terms. This is not a a Photoshop. This is an actual real picture from a yearbook from before Kavanaugh graduated. What's so funny about this is that uh, someone wrote an article today at Slate saying, oh, I I know Brett Kavanaugh. I know he's lying about what boofing in a devil's triangle means. I heard him use it in other contexts. Well, turns out this person's lying because we have the yearbook from Georgetown Prep with someone other than Kavanaugh defining these terms for us uh, at around the same time Brett Kavanaugh was there. Brett Kavanaugh's in one of the same yearbooks. So we know now that Brett Kavanaugh was not lying. He was not perjuring himself. And Democrats are twisting in knots. One reporter said they saw uh, Democrats filing out of Chuck Schumer's office and it looked like they were all going to a funeral. Put it to you that way. So it appears if the Republicans lose flake, they have 51 seats in the Senate. Republican senators seem to be confident they have Murkowski and Collins, both of whom have been given um, multiple opportunities to bolt. And they, this just in, by the way, uh, Joe Manchin saying he's still undecided. Republicans seem to feel confident they have him and they are keeping him, treating him with kids, kid gloves so that he doesn't bolt and he doesn't feel a bunch of pressure. Keep in mind that voters in West Virginia overwhelmingly want him to vote for, uh, for, Brett Kavanaugh. So how's the situation set up then? Well, you lose Flake, you have 50 Republicans, you gain Kavanaugh, you get 51. You lose Flake and you lose Manchin. Well, you have 50 Republicans, you get Mike Pence. So we can lose one Republican and it appears that uh, Murkowski and Collins are ready to get this thing over with. Uh, Behind closed doors, I'm told Lisa Murkowski insisted they uh, move on with it. She's tired of it. She's ready to move moved on, and, and she's really aggravated with the press. If anything, the, the consistent theme seems to be that both Republicans and Democrats are really tired of the reporters. I'm really tired of the spin. Now, let me play you some audio. Uh, this is Chuck Grassley. He was at a press conference with John Cornyn and some of the other senators after the FBI report came out. Listen to to Chuck Grassley, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. What I'd like to do when we get all done, because this is almost rock bottom, I would like to have the future mending things so we can do things in a, a collegial way that the United States Senate ought to do, and particularly when it comes to Supreme Court nominations. And you folks can have something to do with this. Now, I would never use the word fake news. I consider you folks policemen for our democratic system of government. But I want to show you where some of you have bias. I've had uh, demonstrators in my office uh, for two weeks now, both for Kavanaugh and against Kavanaugh. And uh, one time, the people that were for Kavanaugh wanted to be interviewed. And they said, we only... We're only interested in interviewing people against Kavanaugh. Now, is that that's a bias that none of you should be proud of? 
You see that? You, what he's saying is he had protesters in his office, pro-Kavanaugh, anti-Kavanaugh, and the reporters were coming by only wanting to talk to the anti-Kavanaugh protesters. Now, here's John Cornyn, uh, the number two Republican in the Senate. Because if this is the new normal, and any nominee that would be subjected to the unacceptable character assassination that we've seen directed at this nominee in this case, if that's the new normal, I don't know who would want to serve, and frankly, I think people would be justified in losing any respect for the Senate and the way it conducts itself during the confirmation process. So more is at stake than just this nomination and the Supreme Court. The Senate itself is on trial here. A vote against Judge Kavanaugh tomorrow will be an endorsement of the mishandling of this confirmation process because of hiding relevant information that could have been examined on a bipartisan basis in a way that respected Dr. Ford's request for privacy and um, gotten to the bottom of this as we have attempted to do now with 20 million people watching on television. Judge Kavanaugh tomorrow, people watching on television. A vote against Judge Kavanaugh tomorrow will be a a vote for abusing the confirmation process and a good person. And it will be a vote for the shameful intimidation tactics that have been employed as part of an orchestrated smear campaign. That seems to be where most of the Republicans are. The question is how many Republicans and what about the electoral consequences? We'll break that down when we come back. We'll take your phone calls as well. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data is going. Making online purchases, accessing your email, it could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy with ExpressVPN uh, so people will stop tracking me. I'm so tired of getting the little advertisements that show up that basically advertise something I just looked at on the web. ExpressVPN makes it easy to use apps. They run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click. Really, really handy. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're using public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. And you don't have to hand over your online history to your internet provider, data resellers. ExpressVPN is the answer. It gives you great privacy online. Protect your online activities today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com, expressvpn.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 26 after the hour. Let's start taking phone calls. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Danny and McDonough, you're next. How's it going, Mark? Eric? Good. How are you? Uh, Good, good. I, you know, just uh, wanted to put your heart at ease and just wanted to let you know that being married to a biker babe is great. Uh, You you shouldn't downplay it. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. I will mention one thing about this Senate confirmation hearing stuff that I have just so enjoyed the senator from Louisiana. (laughs) Yes. He is a blast. 
I mean, Senator Kennedy is probably one of the funniest people in Congress, if not the funniest. He said in this article that he was looking across there and seeing, you know, people that, that there was nothing behind their eyes, like they just had lost their soul. And I do think it's a spiritual battle we're seeing that's happening that's going to make the Senate look very different in the next 20 years. But concerning being married to a biker, babe, I think you should embrace it. I think you should <laughs> be able to just be completely happy with it and, and let, you know, free yourself from the... I don't know. Yeah, I will tell you this. She did fix our black. sink yesterday, too. So she's a biker, babe, and a plumber. <laughs> you know, um, I uh, married a girl that was in the Navy and that was in aircraft. And she loves to ride on motorcycles, and I think it's fantastic. Well, uh, God bless you for it. It scares me to death, Danny. Thanks very much. All right. When we come back, more phone calls. We don't have enough time to do justice to any other calls in this short segment, so I will spend time with your calls. I want to give you the lay of the land in the polling as well because momentum is clearly shifting to the Republicans. The question is, will Jeff Flake and some of his Republican colleagues scuttle that momentum by voting against Kavanaugh? Uh, That could hurt. One person who could be hurt is Martha McSally, who is running for election to fill Jeff Flake's seat now that he's leaving the Senate. Polling out there has gotten very interesting today from really big, credible pollsters. Oh, praise Jesus, my wife has made it to her Murfreesboro location. Hallelujah. Thank you for the prayers. It's 39 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. Now, let's go back to your phone calls, shall we? Danny and Loganville, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, um, yep, I'm glad your wife made it. Um, that's a terrific feeling. That would drive me crazy as well. Yeah. Um, but my question is... Um, Chris Coons, he started this whole mess with Snowflake Flake. Um, I was wondering if you knew what his, how he was going to lean uh, after this whole investigation. Oh, he, he's a no, uh, and he was a no within hours of Kavanaugh being nominated, uh, arguing that it was his judicial philosophy that was the problem. Uh, now, I, I do ha- I've got to give uh, Chris Coons credit on this. He has not been one of the over-the-top Democrats. In fact, he got on CNN this morning and said he didn't know what the Democrats are screaming about now, that he thought the investigation was fine. Uh, but he opposes Kavanaugh for his judicial philosophy. I got you. I just was, uh, you know, he started this whole mess and thought that there might have been some sort of gentleman's agreement after this FBI investigation, but... I guess. No, now he's trying to persuade Flake to still vote no, uh, which is somewhat crazy, given that Flake said if they did a fair and thorough investigation, he'd vote yes. And now Flake's come out and said they've done a fair and thorough investigation and and he's gone flaky again. But I, I don't know that he has. Part of me still thinks Flake is... Going to be, I mean, this is this is what Flake did to begin with. People, let's not forget, it's only been a week. People were freaking out about how Flake was going to vote, and he issued the statement and said he was going to vote yes. I'm I'm thinking he does again. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Vicky in Woodstock. Welcome. Hi. How are you, Eric? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, I just kind of have a comment. I'm I'm wondering, as flaky as Flake is being, I'm I'm kind of thinking he's being a real burden to the Republican Party. 
um, you know, with him being back and forth on his vote. How do you feel about that? Yeah, listen, I think McConnell and the Republicans would like this settled. They would like it settled yesterday. And Flake is is flaky on this. And part of it is, we all have to remember, there, there are still a number of senators, despite the massive amount of partisanship in Washington, there are still senators on both sides who view their loyalty to the institution. Jeff Flake is one of those who views his loyalty to the institution more than anything else, more than to, to his voters, more than to his constituents. He views himself as a, a, an heir to the legacy of the Roman Senate, wherein high-minded discussions were had and long debates were held in order to do the best for the Republic. And he views himself now in that that position, and you can say it's very pretentious, but that's how he sees himself. And he believes the process needs to be as fair and transparent and open and dragged out as possible. And that's what he's doing. Whether we like it or not, it is deeply frustrating. At the end of the day, though, remember, he, he voted yes out of committee. He voted to move the nomination to the floor. And he said if the investigation was thorough and fair, he would vote for... Brett Kavanaugh, the investigation has been thorough and fair. It hasn't revealed anything. All of the allegations about perjury have largely been dismissed. So there's no there there. Flake should keep his word and vote for Brett Kavanaugh. The other Republicans appear that they're going to as well. Uh, Shelley Moore Caputo of West Virginia, by the way, has come out and said she will be voting for Brett Kavanaugh because she thinks it was a fair and thorough investigation by the FBI and it turned up nothing. Oh, and there's one point I forgot to mention. So I talked to a senator earlier who has seen the report. And he tells me that the Deborah Ramirez uh, person, she's the one who gave an exclusive to the New Yorker where all of the eyewitnesses said it never happened, but all the people she talked to years later um, said, oh, yeah, yeah, she told me about it. Uh, and then she spent six days with her lawyer before she could actually say definitively it was it was Kavanaugh. Well, the senator that I talked to who said the, read the report says she comes off looking even less credible in the report than she did in the New Yorker piece, which she found her to be extremely uncredible there. So there you have it. You know, this is having all sorts of fallout, even among the Republicans, like, like Lindsey Graham, for example. I mean, listen to Lindsey Graham, uh, who was confronted by a protester in the hallway. Uh, there's, there's a tunnel that runs underneath the Senate office buildings to the Senate, and Graham was confronted by a protester. Because you've humiliated this guy enough, and it's you know, bottom for some of you. So, uh, so why don't we dunk him in water and see if he floats? So the bottom line here, process. So... <laughs> They're telling him he needs to take a polygraph. He needs to take a polygraph. And, and uh, Graham responds, why don't we duck him in water and see if he floats? Yeah, he, he's been pretty radical. Remember, he voted for Sotomayor and Kagan and has really been appalled that the Democrats won't reciprocate with a credible nominee. Um, and that that is that's radicalizing him. I, I will tell you all, I have a column coming out. My syndicated column doesn't run in any Atlanta papers, but it runs nationwide. And I'm, well, you know what? 
I'm going to save it until after we get back from the break because y'all are going to want to hear this one. You know, I just saw Dave Wasserman, who's a political analyst, I believe, with the Cook Political Report. Uh, Yes, nonpartisan Cook Political Report. He notes this. Donald Trump won 46.1% nationally. He lost the popular vote by 2.9 million votes, but he carried 60 of the 100 Senate seats. Not sure how many Democrats fully grasp how huge a problem that is going for. You know what's going to happen here is the Democrats are, in addition to arguing about delegitimizing the United States Supreme Court, they're going to delegitimize the Senate. Um, they forget that states matter. The You know, for the first 124 years, literally for more than half of our country's existence, as of right now, for more than half of our country's existence, an unelected Senate confirmed nominations for an unelected Supreme Court. Neither entity is to reflect democracy. One is to reflect the states, the other to reflect the rule of law. Not the mob. The House of Representatives is for the mob, and it behaves that way. Now, back to the phones we go. Yeah, stand by. I'm, 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 I got a big announcement. Um, y'all are going to want to hear, but you're going to have to wait for the top of the hour. Don and Hushton, welcome. Hey, Eric. Great to be on your program. And um, I just had a question. What kind of actions can be taken uh, against all of these people making these salacious accusations that are unfounded. Well, the the Senate Republicans have referred all of those who were done under oath to the Justice Department for prosecution. Those that were just made out in the open, um, it, there's nothing they can do about them. David and Tyrone, welcome. Mr. Erickson, thank yes, you sir. for taking my call. I'm hoping that, and praying that you and your family are doing well. Thank and you. I hope your wife in Murfreesboro brings you back a brand new Barrett. <laughs> Maybe so. All right, we got less than a minute, so you got to get to your point, David. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I'm just curious why the Democrats this time are unwilling to accept the FBI report, and the senators don't get behind in this this BA 100 to 100 <laughs> confirmation. Oh, because it's the same FBI that let Hillary right. off. Yeah, you would think that they would love it. It's very funny to watch them try not to attack the FBI. They're trying to blame the president and say the president rigged the investigation. You mean like Obama did the FBI? I mean, we can go in circles all day on this. The bottom line is abortion. Uh, They are convinced Brett Kavanaugh, being an originalist, will not find Roe v. Wade to be constitutional because it's not in the Constitution. So we'll stick around, folks. I got something to tell you when we come back. It is eight after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Welcome, everybody. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I'm going to do something I never do. You know, one of the reasons I never do this is because you would be shocked to find the number of people who believe that radio show hosts read a script. I mean, I'm, I'm always stunned when people come in for tours and stuff and they want to know, uh, where's the script, uh, that I'm reading. I, mean, I, I don't read a script. I, I talk off the top of my head for better or worse. And the pig farmer calls sometimes and says, that was, that was great. What you just said. I don't know what I just said. I've already moved on. 
But I'm going to read you something. This is my syndicated column for tomorrow. I've wobbled back and forth on the idea of supporting the president in 2020. I opposed him in 2016 and voted third party. The candidate I supported, Evan McMullen, has, like so many others, abandoned all his values as his hatred of Trump has poisoned his conscience. I, I dare say the worst mistake in my life was not climbing a mountain only to remember I was scared of heights or playing with a scalpel that nearly cut off my finger as a kid. It was voting for McMullen. Jennifer Rubin, who the Washington Post fraudulently claims is a conservative, has become the most predictable mouthpiece for the insanity that's affected a certain brand of Republicans. They view Trump as anathema to their values, so they've abandoned their own values. Rubin once favored moving the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Now she opposes it because of Trump. She once supported withdrawal from the Paris Accord. Now she opposes withdrawal because of Trump. I've been critical of Republicans who abandoned their principles to stand with Trump, and I've been critical of Republicans who abandoned their principles to oppose Trump. Principles should stay because people go. But the Kavanaugh nomination has been really clarified in this regard. You see, in some conservatives willing to aid and abet the character assassination, assassins against Kavanaugh because Trump nominated him. It's disgusting. So I find myself in this odd position where for the first time I see myself, one of the original so-called never Trump conservatives, a guy who actually is credited with coining the term, although it was actually my buddy Aaron who did, uh, voting for the president in 2020. I've rather concluded at times the president is going to push me away from him. And he's not disappointed on that front from the character issues to tariffs. But at this point, I don't see how anyone else can offer a more compelling alternative to the president in 2020. Every time the president does something I don't like, his opponents do the game of hold my beer. Trump may have criticized Christine Blasey Ford in a way I didn't think it was appropriate for a president to do, but his opponents have thrown out the millennial principle that a man's to be presumed innocent. The president may have enacted tariffs I think are going to harm the economy, but his opponents are willing to destroy a good innocent man so they can keep destroying kids. George W. Bush attempted to put Harry Myers on the Supreme Court, and he pushed comprehensive immigration reform, no child left behind, the General Motors bailout, TARP, etc. I opposed all those, but I never doubted his integrity, his character, his faith. Frankly, the president doesn't have the character or the values or Christian faith I prefer in a president, but he's positively angelic compared to his progressive opponents in the press. Between the president and the opposition, I think I'd rather vote for him despite his flaws than his opponents who want a flawless progressive utopia. He's no longer a hypothetical in 2020. We know what he is. He's not the ambassador for my values. He's not an articulate champion of principles, but he is a safe harbor in a progressive storm that wants to destroy all our values and up in the constitutional republic. But progressives believe Trump's an authoritarian tyrant, barely constrained by the rule of law. With a straight face, these are the same people who argue that an accusation is proof of guilt. An accused shouldn't be able to face their accuser. And we got to believe all the women except the women who defend Kavanaugh. Progressives claim President Trump is Caesar at the edge of the Rubicon, but they've embraced the love child of Joseph Stalin and Franz Kafka. And they've enlisted the political press to smear, defame and attack anyone who stands in their way. And they've got the political press joining in them. They've behaved as co-conspirators with the Democrats in the Kavanaugh matter. They've been fully co-opted. Reporters are planting their flags with the so-called resistance. They're donning their pink-knitted hats instead of defending truth and reporting facts. There is a lot about this political age about which I am completely uncertain. But I have concluded one thing is absolutely certain. President Trump is not my enemy. 
and too many progressives view me as theirs. So unless the situation changes between now and 2020, I know who I'm casting my vote for. That'll be my column tomorrow going out to hundreds of newspapers around the country, except in Atlanta. And I feel very strongly that the Kavanaugh situation is making lots of my friends feel the same way. They are more and more being pulled towards the president in response to what they see is the media and the Democrats uh, co-conspiring to destroy not just a good man, but to upend the republic, to to transform us into some sort of progressive utopia. In 2016, they, the president's character graded on me, and he was a hypothetical. He was a, a Democrat who became a Republican who said a lot of liberal things, and there are still a lot of things I don't care about the president. Uh, I, I think his his character is deeply flawed. I don't like it. I don't think he's a role model. I want a president who's a role model, even if I disagree with them on stuff. Uh, but I don't have that. But I know I'm not going to get that from the Democrats. And the president's no longer a hypothetical potential closet liberal. He's actually done a lot of things I like. And he's standing up for Brett Kavanaugh in a way I don't know that any other Republican president would have. So I think I probably will wind up standing with him. Now, how is this affecting other? It's not just me. Uh, I am anecdote. What about the data? Well, the data suggests there are a lot of others who feel the same way. President Trump's popularity is now at 50 percent. The Gallup poll that came out today shows that a plurality of Americans want Brett Kavanaugh confirmed and a plurality of Americans believe it was good. The president stood by him, even if they didn't like his uh, Christine Blasey Ford remarks. Uh, you've got the Investor Business Daily uh, TIPP poll that now has the generic ballot within two points. In Arizona, Martha McSally, who's running to replace Jeff Flake, is now within two points of the Democrat. She's behind, but only by two points. She had been behind seven points. Josh Howley in Missouri, he's now tied or ahead of Claire McCaskill. In Indiana, Joe Donnelly is only two points ahead of his Republican who had been down 10 points. Joe Tester in Montana is suddenly in the fight for his life. Nobody thought he was going to lose. No one even pulled the race because there was such a big margin. And now suddenly because of Kavanaugh, Joe Tester may lose Montana. This is the latest poll to come out. He's only two points ahead of the Republican. In West Virginia, Joe Manchin is ahead of Patrick Morrissey, but 60% of West Virginians want him to support uh, Brett Kavanaugh. In Florida now, Bill Nelson is either losing or tied with Rick Scott. Bill Nelson's the incumbent. He should be winning. He's the Democrat. In a state where it looks like the Democrats may pick up the governor's mansion, they may lose the Senate race because of the Kavanaugh issue. Uh, Race after race after race after race has this happening. Let's not forget North Dakota. Heidi Heiskamp now 10 points down from the Republican Kevin Kramer. And Kevin Kramer is not a great candidate, but Republicans in North Dakota decisively now rejecting Heidi Heitzkamp. The Republicans are showing momentum and they're showing momentum because of Kavanaugh. So many Republicans, you don't have to raise your hand. I know I've heard from so many of you. Republican voters believed the GOP did not have a spine. And because they believed they did not have a spine, they were ready and willing to abandon the Republican Party. They were ready and willing to decide that if the Republicans weren't going to stand up for a guy like Brett Kavanaugh, why even bother keeping the Senate? Why even bother having this fight? And suddenly they're seeing Republicans in the Senate fight for them, and so they're willing to fight for the Republicans in the Senate. 
It's not just the president now that Republicans are, are rallying for. It's, it's Republicans in the Senate. And this separates Obama from Trump in a key way. Barack Obama could never get Democratic voters to go vote for Democrats. It was always a singular cult of personality. And it looked that way with Donald Trump. But between Trump and the Republicans in the Senate fighting for Kavanaugh and standing up for him, suddenly Republican voters feel like they got to go be loyal. The danger is still that a lot of Republican voters think that momentum is on their side and the polls are wrong. And the polls are not wrong. The polls are not wrong. The Democrats still will probably take the House, although there are some who think now we Republicans may barely hang on to it, maybe have a seat or two majority. But it's going to be very, very close in the House. But it looks like Republicans could make gains in the Senate. Marsha Blackburn, that's another one. Marsha Blackburn had been behind former Governor Phil Bresden in Tennessee, and now she's ahead of him. And it's all because of Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh has been the gift that keeps on giving for the GOP. Now, they're all ready for this fight to be over. They they want the vote to be had. I do think if Kavanaugh loses, though, if Jeff Flake and Lisa Murkowski uh, bail at the last minute on Kavanaugh, this is going to cost the Republicans the Senate. Republican voters will be so disaffected, so disgusted, so disenfranchised, they will launch a protest. I think that's very dangerous. But if Kavanaugh is confirmed, there's this, the Democrats are trying to say, oh, that's going to help us. That's going to embolden us more. No, I think that really hurts the Democrats. It is a morale killer if they see Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. And I think Republicans are going to put him there. And that's only going to help them in November. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data is going. Making online purchases, accessing your email, it could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy with ExpressVPN uh, so people will stop tracking me. I'm so tired of getting the little advertisements that show up that basically advertise something I just looked at on the web. ExpressVPN makes it easy to use apps. They run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click really really handy expressvpn is rated the number one vpn service by tech radar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you're using public wi-fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data expressvpn's the solution and you don't have to hand over your online history to your internet provider data resellers expressvpn is the answer it gives you great privacy online protect your online activities today find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com, expressvpn.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404 WSB Talk. Uh, Joel in Athens. I'm going to go to you next. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. How are you doing, Eric? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for taking my call. I'll be brief. And uh, so basically, what I want to talk about or ask your thoughts on is ultimately it looks like they are basically eliminating religion to replace politics uh, or, or replacing religion with politics. And that's how they're, they're basically driving. Uh, this type of uh, uh, behavior from their party. Yes, 
Uh, I think you're right, Joel. The Democrats is that, listen, uh, there's no such thing as an atheist. And I know that some people have qualms when I say this, but what I mean is everybody worships something. And uh, so religion doesn't go away. It just morphs into something else. When you replace worship of God with something else, you tend to find worship of government. And they have sacraments, and one of the sacraments is abortion. And that's what all of this is about. They've got to preserve their sacraments. Um, This is no different in in some ways from Christians who oppose having to bake cakes for same-sex weddings. Again, um, same-sex marriage being a sacrament on the left, or at least a, a religious tenet on the left they got to compel everybody else to adhere to their religion uh, and you're, you're having this tension between people of traditional faith and people of the secular faith but it is a faith there there is no such thing as an atheist now there are atheists who listen to this program i know and they take issue with me when i say that but i i'm just going to tell you that everybody worships something you may not worship the god of all creation but you worship something and tends to be that what you worship is where you put your money uh, some get their money to a charitable cause that they've turned into an idol. Some uh, it's the environment or science to some degree or whatever. People worship something. You're either worshiping create the God of creation or you're worshiping some aspect of creation. And that's called idol worship. The Democrats are a bunch of idol worshipers. Most of us are. Our minds are perpetual factories of idols. Um, the issue is they want to impose that faith now on the rest of us, and that's why we're having this fight over the Supreme Court. It's about their religion. It's Eric Erickson here, 39 after the hour. Let's go back to the phones, uh, starting with Janet calling from Decatur. Welcome, Janet. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm one of those conservatives that has gotten gotten fighting mad over the way the Democrats have have smeared um, Kavanaugh. You're not alone. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I vote in all the elections, but my friends don't. And I want to how you run a lot of campaigns. What are some good ways to motivate people not to lose interest in the weeks that are coming up and and make sure they get out and vote? Oh, that's a great question, Janet. Thank you very much for asking that. You know, the, the number one way is to connect with them on the issue they care about. And if they really care about the Kavanaugh situation, you need to make sure they understand that this is only the beginning. It's not the end that there are other fights for other judges that are coming up and it's going to get even worse unless we stand up to them. If their issue is guns, connect with them on that. The the Democrats back uh, in Congress are going to try to pass gun control measures. If the issue is the president, we'll make sure they understand the Democrats really are going to try to impeach the president now if they take back the House. In fact, they're going to, if, if Kavanaugh's confirmed, they're going to try to impeach him as well. So the Kavanaugh fight isn't over even if he's confirmed. You just you got to find the issue that your friends and family connect on and drive that message home repeatedly to them that it's important. Help them get an absentee ballot if they want an absentee ballot. I mean, help them print out the form for them. Uh, let them sign the form, mail it in. And, and when they get their ballot, uh, sit down with them, help them vote. Now, remember that they got to They got to cast their ballot. You can't cast it for them. They got to sign the forms. You can't sign it for them. 
but you can you can help get your friends engaged. You can help them get their absentee ballot, but you got to engage. Y'all, I can't tell you, and, and I'm going to sound like a broken record because I'm probably going to say this every day until November now. The number of Republican strategists, consultants, and elected officials who are deeply concerned that the GOP is is phoning this election in. Sure, you're really fired up right now over Kavanaugh, but will you be in two weeks or will you settle back down if he's on the court? Or will you decide that, well, it's game over? You know, if they can't get Kavanaugh nominated, if they can't get Kavanaugh put on the court, well, then you need to go make sure the Republicans increase gains in the Senate so the president can re-nominate him in January and make, him, make sure he gets on the court. There are fights to be had, but you've got to fight the fight. And to get your friends engaged, you've got to connect with them on a personal level about an issue they care about and keep pushing them on that issue to get them involved. Uh, Don from Marietta, welcome. Love your show, Eric. Listen to you a long time. Talk to you occasionally. Uh, I was listening to your comment on worship, and it reminded me of a question I asked my nine-year-old on the way home from church one day because the message was about worship, and he often set out and listen to the adult sermon for me, and I asked him what he thought worship was. And he said, well, he says, I think what you think about the most, that's what you worship. Yep. I went, wow, from, that's pretty deep <laughs> from a nine-year-old. Yep, but, yeah, it, it very much is, and it's so true, too. And I, I see so many, even people who go to church regularly, and they spend all their time in church even, thinking about football or baseball or, or, you know, travel ball is a big one these days. And uh, what message are you sending to your kids that travel ball is more important than going to church on Sunday? Pretty soon you're going to have a sports worshiper, uh, not a Jesus worshiper. Yep. Thanks for all you do, Eric. Love you, sir. Thank you, Don. Hey, folks, I'm listen, I, I don't want to be flippant. I don't want to get on a theological conversation even. I just want you to understand this is why it's happening. Democrats have traded government or traded God for government. It is their religion and they got to prop it up. And they believe that Brett Kavanaugh stands in their way, particularly on the sacrament of abortion. That is a religious sacrament, a rite of passage for Democrats. And they've got to take him out. They've got to do anything and everything they can to take him out. And the question is, have they convinced Jeff Flake to help them or Lisa Murkowski? We will find out soon enough. You know, I do have to say, if Flake and Murkowski go flaky, having Joe Manchin as the swing vote probably is the best thing to happen to the GOP because he really apparently does like uh, Joe Manchin or really does like Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, And having him be the swing vote, that could put his election in jeopardy in West Virginia. By the way, it's fascinating. Uh, Jeff Markley, one of the senators... Uh, see, New Mexico, Oregon, Jeff Merkley calling it a cover-up, the Senate investigation. He says it's a cover-up. The FBI is in a cover-up. Yes, that's what Republicans say, too. Fascinating to hear the Democrats adopting that tactic of attacking the FBI. Rick, in Athens, you are next. Welcome. Uh, thank you for taking my call, Eric. Sure. I'm wondering, um, do you think it's, the all these protesters at the Kavanaugh that are protesting Kavanaugh, do you think they might actually be the lobbyists against Trump or at least being funded by them? 
Oh, a, a good number of them are. The, the fact that they're being paid to bus in. Uh, there, are, For example, University of Maine is, is offering a spot course credit. Uh, they will give students a course credit to travel to Washington, D.C. to pressure Maine senators, uh, Susan Collins, hint, hint, about Kavanaugh. Uh, you have unions busing people in, abortion groups busing people in. Yes, this is all paid. Their hotel rooms, all their costs, they're, they're being taken care of. This is a huge lobbying effort by Democratic partisans to pressure members of the Senate. Craig from Locust Grove, welcome. Uh, hi, thank you. Um, actually, I had a question about uh, Catch-22 these red state themes might be in, mm -hmm. and a uh, Star Trek-related question about Democrats in general. All right. Um, the Catch-22 is if they vote no, then you think they'll lose you know, a lot of moderates and independents who want Kavanaugh on the court. But if they vote yes, then they're going to lose a lot of Democrats who are going to punish them for voting yes. Yeah, Joe Donnelly is in that situation in, in Indiana. If he supports Kavanaugh, he's going to lose Democratic votes. If he doesn't support Kavanaugh, he's going to lose independent votes in, in Indiana. Uh, it's a really big issue. And it's hurting them. And this has helped Republicans. I was talking to a Republican, um, senior Republican staffer earlier today, and um, they, they said this uh, Democrats completely screwed themselves in this, that this hurts their red state senators. And again, it's worth remembering that Donald Trump did win 60 Senate seats. When it comes to the election, he won a total of 60 Senate seats. That's that's pretty big, given the number of states, two senators per state. I mean, he, he won that many, and there are going to be more people up for reelection in 2020. And are they going to oppose this president's nominee for the Supreme Court? It's going to be a brutal issue for the Democrats. But if Jeff Flake and Lisa Murkowski scuttle it for the GOP, I don't. I think there are going to be a lot of Republican voters who say, you know what, uh, if Mitch McConnell can't turn this around, uh, there's just no redeeming the Republican Party and they're going to bail. Kavanaugh needs to pass for Republicans to really keep this energy level up and Republican senators need to understand this. It's 54 after the hour and I would just like to say that Netflix has dropped the final full trailer for Daredevil Season 3, and I'm really excited. Uh, when is October 19th? October 19th. Oh, October 19th. That's a Friday in two weeks. I, I, I may have to take the day off and binge watch it. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I love that show. Not kid-friendly, Daredevil, but man, is it a good show. Uh, I, I have really, really enjoyed it. And now I'm getting pressured by some friends of mine to watch this pole dark show on PBS. I, I, I don't know about that. I'm trying to make it through iron dragon, but thus far it seems that daredevil is the only good Netflix series. Y'all, tomorrow the Senate at 1030 is going to vote for cloture. It's going to be interesting then and there because they'll have to have 51 votes to make it happen. And we will get a sense of the lay of the land. I Republicans who earlier today were very, very confident with me that they would have Jeff Flake, Murkowski, and Collins' votes, they're not so confident this evening. They're, they're starting to get very worried about whether or not they will actually have the votes. And they think they will, but this morning they were or afternoon they were rather boastful about it. Now they're not. They're they're kind of flying blind into this vote. 
the consensus is they just want it over. They are, Kavanaugh is tired of the character assassination. His family is tired of going through this. The senators are tired of being yelled at in the hallways of, of the Senate. They're starting to get worried about the escalation and the potential for violence. They want this over, and I don't blame them. So the lay of the land is this. Tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m., there will be a vote for cloture. They need 51 votes for the cloture vote. They expect to get that to close off debate. And that then starts a 30-hour process where the Democrats will essentially stand on the floor and smear Kavanaugh for 30 hours. That is their right under the rules of the Senate. That means that the Senate vote could and should happen around 4.30 p.m. on Saturday if McConnell keeps things on track the way he is expected to. So 10.30 in the morning, they have the cloture vote, requires 51 votes to cut off debate. The Senate rules then require 30 hours of debate. Uh, they get to 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. McConnell wants them to vote. He wants this over and done with so they can go home and face the voters. And then he wants to call them back because he wants to keep the Senate in session to make it difficult for the red state Democrats to go home to campaign. He may want them to go home and campaign after they voted against this.